Welcome back to this season of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the audio files from the DocSF Experience 2022. I'm Dr. Stefano Bini, your host for this podcast and the founder chair of DocSF, the Digital Orthopedics Conference, San Francisco. In this podcast, we're going to hear from Unity Stokes, president and co-founder of Startup Health. Now, Startup Health is an organization that invests in innovative healthcare startups, as many as 400, as you'll hear in just a minute. So let's join Unity Stokes on a DocSF stage with several of their startups. And now we're going to go from the big picture level, how do we change the world and where the world is going, which is really exceptional, to maybe how we're going to do that by looking at a number of companies that are trying to tackle big, big challenges. Uh, they call them moonshots in healthcare and giving us their vision of where they're going with it. So Startup Health uh, is partnering with us today to do this. And they're an organization that's investing in a global army of entrepreneurs that have over 400 investments worldwide, all committed to achieving health moonshots. To walk us through this and to bring up their companies, we actually have Unity Stokes, the CEO of the company, also a good friend, and I'm super excited to have you here at DocSF. So thank you for coming and we look forward to the session. You know, I, I really appreciated the last conversation because we really are living, I think, in a historic moment in terms of the future of health. And I, th I think it's a historic moment because there's a whole generation of innovators, of entrepreneurs, of builders, of creators at the early stages of, of health innovation that are really reinventing the, the future. So over the next 20 minutes, you're gonna meet three of them. Tomorrow, you're going to meet three more. We've had the opportunity at Startup Health, as Dr. Binney said, over the past decade to invest in over 400 amazing companies all over the world in 28 countries. So today, we just wanted to dig in and really get a sense of what's going on at the ground level, uh, what some of the challenges and opportunities are. So just to kick things off, if each of you could introduce yourself very quick background and share a little picture into the vision for your Moonshot solution and, and what makes it unique. Start with you, Rich, and just go right down the line here. That's good. Now, first of all, I have to make sure my microphone's working. Am I on? Can you guys hear me? Good. Um, yeah, so my name is Rich Walder. I'm a physical therapist by training. I work for a company called Joint Academy. Joint Academy is a digital clinic for chronic joint pain or muscle, musculoskeletal. So we're in the musculoskeletal space. It started clinically in Sweden um, in about 2009 or 10. We're 100, uh, over 800 clinics, 1,000 uh, providers trained to give this very proprietary program. We digitized the program in 2014 in Sweden. I was the first hire in the United States about five years ago, so I guess I'm a five-year-old startup. Um, and we've uh, tried to take it to market here. Our moonshot is to be the global leader in musculoskeletal care. Uh, we opened the, the European market. We've opened in France, Germany, and the UK. Um, it is the gold standard in Sweden, um, and we're just trying to get market fit and traction here in the United States. All right, Tatiana. Hi, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for getting me on stage. So 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, and at that time, I started a company, and the whole thing, you know, evolved, but the main question at that time was, why me, and how we can use data to predict diseases and find personalized precision treatments and everything along those lines. So 
I'm the founder and CEO of Open Health Network, and we are thrilled to partner with Amazon and Miller School of Medicine and design, develop and design the concept of digital twin and just memorize this term because everything in healthcare in the future will be based on the digital twin. And digital twin is digital representation of objects. In healthcare, you will see digital twins that will represent people, that will represent, will represent different organs. And this digital twin concept will be used for everything from clinical trials to clinical treatments and predictive modeling. And each of you in the future will have a digital representation of yourself that will be constantly evolving and updating on a variety of different data points from your physical environment and everything else. And I'll be, you know, I'm excited about the future of healthcare. This sounds very meta, so I look forward to digging yeah. into that. Uh, Salman. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, my name is Salman Khan. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Biotics AI. A little bit about Biotics AI. Uh, we're using AI to detect abnormalities in fetuses, and we're leveraging AI to also help with doctor workload, especially on the reporting side, which I'll get into in a second. What makes us unique? A couple things. We're the first tool in market to give second opinion in the fetal space. And the second thing is uh, we have one of the largest labeled data sets in the world. Uh, we've been collecting, um, you know, various planes uh, for about five years. We partnered up with four clinics around the world. And as everyone knows in the machine learning space, the more data you have, the more accurate your model is. And one of the things I'm most proud of is that from A to Z, everything's organic. And we have, you know, our doctors collecting the images, our doctors labeling it, and then our machine learning engineers working with our doctors to process that into the algorithms. So... You're all working in, I think, completely different areas to a certain extent. And, and as the, the last presenter said, even for the, the big payers of the world, it's incredibly hard. It's also incredibly hard to be innovating at the early stages. What do you wish every partner, clinician, collaborator really understood about the challenge that you each are, are specifically working on? A little insight to that. Yeah, so I think you know the whole healthcare system has to adopt change, and, and it's a, it's a system that's not comfortable or isn't used to adopting change quickly. So healthcare technology moves quickly, but healthcare does not move quickly. And so you'll have a health plan that says, yeah, we want to do something, but we're really not going to help you. And then the, the medical provider groups um, are also aware, but they're not really interested in changing their workflow. So I think it's really, you know, it's not going to be done just by technology stepping in saying, you've got a problem, I've got technology, I can take this. It really is everyone jumping on board and, and embracing change, and everyone has a part to play in that change. If, if you ask me what's the good thing about everything that, you know, COVID brought to us. And I would say it's basically forced healthcare to change. And um, we start looking at different ways how we can deliver healthcare to people, right? We were forced to do that. So telehealth and all other things have been, you know, kind of speeding up. And to go back to the digital twin concept, so we're deploying probably the first comprehensive digital twin implementation for people with sleep disorders in conjunction with cardiovascular and Alzheimer's diseases. And the thing 
is cool that there is a box of devices and sensors that send to people's home. And we also have technicians who collect lab data. We, we also integrate genetic data. So if you look at the person, we're suddenly getting everything from every single breath to heartbeat to socioeconomic, such as noise level, environmental stuff, along with genetics and biodata. And with that, we'll be able to build a model that can be used to predictive treatment, for example, and um, the, the best treatment for the person that will deliver uh, the most effective outcomes. So I think what we need to understand that changes are happening as we speak. And if you were just waiting, the whole healthcare is changing, like primary care, like I was just reading news right now, Walmart just announced the whole, you know, diabetes care uh, from Walmart, right? continuous care at people's homes, data-driven. So if you will sit and think that things are not changing, you will be disrupted, and it probably will happen from outside. I'll echo what they said. Um, there's a huge problem in healthcare, and it's only getting worse. It's not getting better. Just to take a quick step back, the previous speaker, they said that 50% of healthcare spent around the world is in U.S., um, check this out. So right now in the United States, the number one, number two reason people die, heart attacks, cancer. Number three is doctor misdiagnosis. And this is according to John Hopkins. And in the OB space, about 50% of structural fetal anomalies go undetected. So we started digging deeper into it, trying to understand why that is. And one of the biggest reasons is there's a huge shortage of doctors in the United States, uh, especially in the OB space. Currently a shortage of 6,000. And that is increasing year after year it's gonna to go to 22,000 by the year 2030. Why is it that these doctors are staying away from the space? Um, there's a couple of reasons. One of the biggest reasons we found was they're asked to do a lot with less. And this has been a common theme from every speaker I've listened to. Nika was mentioning it earlier and a couple other speakers, but uh, just to give you an idea, uh, healthcare professionals spend about 15, 22 minutes per patient on reporting. They're seeing about 20 patients per day in the OB space, and that's about six hours a day they're spending just on documentation and reporting. That's all sound techs, nurses, and OB doctors and MFM combined. So that takes away from the patient experience, you know? And because of that, there's a lot of other issues that are arising. You know, for example, um, when it comes to malpractice, OB space experiences the most malpractice cases and has the highest insurance premiums. The quality goes down, so on and so forth. So with, with all these challenges, two quick things. First of all, where's their hope? Where's their optimism? And maybe do you have one lesson learned from each of your experiences that, that may be useful for, for clinicians, innovators, others to understand about what is working or the directionally what, what may be working and what you're doing? Right. Yeah, I think, I think technology, you know, COVID definitely helped technology. So we had to use it. We had no choice. And so now the, 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 the people I saw to, which is usually the health plans or the provider groups, they're like, yeah, we have to use it. We realize it's necessary. It really, it really did help. And so I think, I think that that has been a positive. The challenge is, I think the, the previous speaker talked about silos. We're still in silos. There was always this tension between payers and providers. And now you're seeing pay providers. So I, I think that the future is going to be more of that pay provider model to take away some of that tension. In fact, our, our largest company in our portfolio, Devoted Health, is a pay provider, and they're, they're just having tremendous success with that, that approach. Tatiana? I think 
everything that we do in healthcare, and previous speaker mentioned that, has to be done having patient in mind, physician in mind, caregivers in mind. So I think it's important for us to understand all the different players, how to engage all of them, and how to create solution that will be useful for all the people in healthcare. And the other thing that, you know, I'm kind of excited about that we us kind of going away from niche disintegrated things, but that's not what ultimately will be a solution in healthcare. So we will and we will be looking at the patient in the whole. We will be creating integrated care management teams that will not just look at the patient in context of broken hip, but as a patient at the whole. And all of that will play well in the future that was described by a previous speaker, where the payment models will be changed and they will kind of force us to change how and what we do. Because all those bundled payments, outcome-based, value-based care, they will force all the healthcare organizations to redesign the processes and focus on, you know, integrated care and outcomes. Yeah, I agree with Rich. Two reasons I'm optimistic is, one, technology. Technology is growing at a pace that it's never grown uh, before. Uh, Ten years from now, this is going to be a completely different world. That's my personal opinion. And number two, COVID did open our eyes, and I feel like we are finally listening to healthcare providers, and we are seeing how big this pain is, you know? It's not an issue, like Stanford down the road, they went on strike yesterday. One of the best institutions in the world, Kaiser, they were, six months ago, were going on strike. It's it's a common theme across the country. In the Midwest, there's 47% of counties don't have a single OB. It's it's not one of those things that, you know, it's pick and choose. It's, it's, it's a, every hospital, clinic, I talk to, I find a common theme and I'm happy we're finally listening to them and we're hopefully going to do something about it. And as we think globally, imagine how many billions of people have uh, no access to clinicians or doctors or care at all as well. So it it really is a global challenge and opportunity. Rich, you started to touch on this, but I thought just very quickly, if we're in a new moment, uh, whether we call it post-COVID or wherever it is that we really are, but we have seen a lot change very, very quickly in the past 24 months. Where does that leave us in terms of the pace of innovation, what, how we should be thinking about the next few years in the innovation cycle from your perspective, each of your perspectives? And I'll go quickly with a little time here. So, you know, we're at a tipping point. Are we, are we going to stay with it? Is the federal government going to embrace it? Or, you know, so CMS opened up and started to pay for digital healthcare care technology. Um, but temporarily, is this going to be the gold standard going forward? Are we going to keep using technology or are we going to fall back? So that's the, t- the tipping point, I think. And again, I, you know, I'm a technologist and have been for a long time, but I always was on intersection of technology and business processes. So I completely reject notion of deploying technology for the sake of technology. So we need to look at the future of healthcare in connection with uh, evolving payments and everything else, and then look at how technology can help us to redesign how we do things so we'll be prepared for those changes. And that can be done in agile manner. 
And we all need to understand that. It's not like technology will be deployed in healthcare in one day and change everything. No, you need to, you know, from, you know, my background is also like con consulting Pricewaterhouse. So we had as is picture to be picture in an agile way on how you can use technology or just business, you know, change processes and business care to get from as is to be the Key thing is you can't be stuck on as is and think that to be will just magically happen. So our role here is to help you to get to where you want to be in a way that can be done gra graduate. Yeah, really quick. I think the answer is simple. We need to embrace technology. If you look at any other industry, they've embraced it and they've grown immensely. Healthcare hasn't. You see where it's at. And there's been extensive research done on this. For example, uh, at Stanford, Google, AI and doctors working together produce the best result, not only when it comes to misdiagnosis, but also making everything more efficient. The data's there. It's just we need to embrace it. That simple. I, I loved how you bridged the, the clinician with technology, and you all kind of touched on that. So we've got one minute left. Bring out your magic wand. Let's, you know, dream us into the future very quickly for each of you. What impact has your solution made um, on the world? How do you define that? A decade. Yeah, so working for a startup, we just go quarter to quarter. So tw tw 20 years from now, um, you know, I think... Street too. We've got to think longer term here. No, I think I think care pathways. I think that we've re we've redesigned care pathways. So being a musculoskeletal, there's always this talk about is the care pathway broken? So, you know, 20 years from now, the right care pathway for people that have musculoskeletal pain. I, I stick to, you know, digital twin. Each of you will have a digital representation, living digital representation of you. We will be able to create a healthy baseline. We will be able to see little things that move you from being healthy to sick. And we will be able to use digital twin to predict what kind of treatment and intervention can help you to prevent diseases or treat diseases. And that's the future. Uh, if I had a magic wand uh, 10 years from now, number one, we're out of time. Can I? Okay. 20 seconds. Let's yeah. Go. So being proactive, not reactive about uh, misdiagnosis. Imagine, you know, being able to tell certain abnormalities proactively. Number one. Number two, uh, streamline the workflow uh, in the OB space. Every clinic hospital has a different workflow. It's not streamlined, which is crazy to me. And number three, this is my personal. I lost a sibling because of a doctor misdiagnosis. I want to take this technology to third world countries and empower them, you know, more for patients 10 years from now. Well, I just want to thank all of you for dedicating your lives to the missions you're on. I'd like to thank all the clinicians and innovators and creators in the room. Um, everything that you all do is so incredibly important. So thank you and, and thanks for sharing your time with us. I feel like I need to keep you up here with me for just a little while. Like energy included, batteries included. Like, stay up here. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna. You just, it just makes me feel better when you're here. Well, I, you guys make me feel better. It's the smiles. Yeah. Th thank you at DocSF for everything that you've done. You've been great collaborators to the whole ecosystem, and and we really appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. And I think very much of your partner, Stephen. Steve Krein. And what does he always do? Like, gets everybody up we, around. We you have link to link arms, arms, link arms because we have batteries included and it ask. takes a global army to reach all these moonshots. Exactly. And you know what? And if we can't dance and sing together, we cannot solve hard challenges in we healthcare together. We've got to have fun and we got to do it together. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. 
We hope you enjoyed this presentation and will consider joining us live in San Francisco for DocSF 2023, when we will explore how digital technologies will enhance, support, and enable the expansion of the outpatient surgery arena. Register now to join our mailing list at docsf.health, docsf.health, and be the first to access our limited tickets. DocSF, join the revolution.